0: While you've been out on the road Waiting for a new episode We've been thinking of you you need,
1: oh yeah, yeah, now that the show's underway, I
0: guess we can call it a day. Welcome back to another episode of the Bowfinger Minute podcast. Each week, Movies by Minute's hosts examine the 1999 Frank Oz-directed comedy Bowfinger, one minute of screen time per episode. I'm Roger. I'm Marcy. And we are the hosts of Roadhouse Minute. And this is Minute 11 of Bowfinger. Uh, This minute starts with Bobby bribing the maitre d' and it ends with Bobby threatening an empty phone. So, Marcy,
1: we're back. Yay.
0: I'm excited. Uh, you know, it's it's been a while. I mean, we had a little side project there, but it's been a while since we've actually attempted to break down a movie uh, one minute at a time. Since
1: yeah, those, we did a one chunk at a time movie.
0: Those, since those salad days of Roadhouse. Um, Mm -hmm. and and I'm really excited about this week. I'm really excited about this week for a lot of reasons. I think I think we have been blessed by having some of the earliest minutes in the movie. We are gonna get to see our first minutes of screen time for arguably the major star, Eddie Murphy. Um, we're gonna get to talk about Robert Danny Jr. in this minute, especially. Uh, but but you know, before we get into that, I'm just sort of curious now, because you watched this movie with me last weekend, and we also watched it like a couple months ago. Um, what do you like what do you think in general of the movie Bowfinger?
1: Um, I think I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it because I was telling you the other day that I didn't really think it was very funny, but then we sat we sat down and watched our minutes and then just kept watching and I really enjoyed it again. That's it has good. You know, the people that are acting in it are fantastic, and it's got a great story, and it's got that, you know, line between "Mm, bad movie, good movie, you know, kind of thing. Well, I think this
0: movie is self-aware enough. Like, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. I would say it's a farcical movie that is sort Mm -hmm. of cartoonishly outsized, and it knows that it is. Like, it's (laughs) self-aware. Um, it's a, it's, I mean, it's a satire of the movie industry in some sense. Uh, well, that's good to hear you say that. I mean, the first time we watched this together, um, you laughed a lot more than you did last weekend. And so I was a little worried that the bloom was off the rose. So I'm glad to hear that that's not the case. Um, well,
1: I think it's just like um, rewatching uh, the Christmas Vacation movie that when you see it for yeah. the first time, it gets you in a lot of ways. And when you see it for the second time, you already know what's coming.
0: That's true. So there are, perhaps there was just sort of like a lot of wry smiles.
1: Yeah, I was okay. smiling.
0: And and this, so, you know, this, this, this week that we have ahead of us, it's sort of, it's kind of two parts. We get the whole little scene in the restaurant, and then we're going to get our introduction to Kit Ramsey. But we're going to be in the restaurant for the next couple of minutes. And so I want to start you with a simple question. How much do you think, because I actually tried to figure this out, and I don't think there's any way of conclusively answering this question, so I just want to get your opinion. How much do you think that Bobby bribes the maitre d' with to get to sit him next to Jerry Renfro?
1: Well, that's a great question, because um, he's walking into one of the most famous restaurants on the Sunset Strip, right? Really? And so, like, yeah, this is um, Le Dôme. And it is a place where, like, people used to go to have power lunches and all of that kind of jazz.
0: I'm glad you're doing
1: this research, Marcy. I did a little bit. I mean, um, and so and he is literally a nobody that aside from his um, sport coat that he just stole has. Probably no clout when yeah. coming into this very fancy restaurant. The maitre d' probably does not know him at all. And um, we also find out a little bit later um, that our man, Bowfinger, does not have a lot of money to his name. So no. it's this is very suspicious this is would even work, that Let he me, would be tell you able what. to get in there.
0: Let me give you three choices, because I wrote down three possibilities, and I would accept any one of them. I would believe that he slipped this guy a 20 or that he slipped him 100 or that he slipped him a dollar.
1: I would guess knowing Bofinker, a 20. I don't, I don't know how it worked.
0: That's a lot of money. I mean, that's that's 1% of their movie budget cuz you know all movies cost was, yeah. like 2,100 and whatever dollars. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, you know what? A $20 bill, a, a portrait of uh Andrew Jackson, I I believe that. So, so he bribes the mater D I tried really hard to find out who this Major d' was, but he's not even he's not even credited as uncredited. So we don't know who this person is. So we get to kind of the our introduction to Jerry Renfro, who's played by Robert Downey Jr. Um, I I I enjoy this little introductory quote that we get from him where he's talking about this avalanche movie. Yeah,
1: he's got to get where the snow is.
0: (laughs) Well, not only does he want to get where the snow is, he says, I hope it's Aspen. Yeah, like if he's gonna give eighty five million dollars to make a uh, an avalanche movie, he needs to also go go on vacation at the same time. Yeah. Um.
1: Um. So this is Robert Downey Jr. Did you know that at this time, this is way in the mix of when he was having a lot of um, trouble with substance abuse.
0: I did know that. Do you want to tell us more? Because yeah. yeah, so this is the minute where we're going to talk about him, and so I think this is probably as good a time as any. So tell us, to, uh, start us off on this sort of very sad part of his career. And maybe I'll just sort of fill in around the edges.
1: Well, I just listened to a podcast on, um, smartless That was an interview with Robert Downey jr. Always and it sounds bugging. like, it sounds like he's in a great place right now, which, you know, from a person that has no idea who he is, I'm happy for him.
0: Yeah. Well, um, according, so no, I don't want to try to interrupt you immediately, but I just did according to the internet. And according to him, he's been clean and sober since 2003
1: yeah but in this time period um this was the our movie came out in this 1999, 1999. yeah so he had some serious legal trouble and was on parole and all sorts of things um like starting in what 9697
0: pretty much yeah yep
1: and then um he has a legal slip up in 1999 so he's helping in this movie recording this movie like in a time where he's, Right in the middle of having a lot of legal trouble. But it sounds like from what I saw on the Internet that, um, you know, he had a very rough childhood where his addict father was giving him drugs as a child.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: So that seems awful. That's Um,
0: not a good way to bond with your children, Marcy. I'm happy to say that we do not use illegal drugs as a way to connect with our two children.
1: Yeah. We use Um,
0: board games and video games, which are different kinds of drugs, but legal.
1: Yeah. But like I said, um, the podcast that I recently listened to, um, they asked him about, uh, you know, how he felt about his relationship with his father. And he was talking about how, um, you know, one of the steps in recovery is forgiveness. And he's actually on making this project right now where he's making a documentary film about his father, Mm. but his father doesn't know that he's making this documentary film about him. He thinks his father thinks that he's helping Robert Downey Jr. make a documentary film about something else. So it's very Bowfinger It's
0: the Bowfinger of family documentaries.
1: Yeah, that's pretty funny.
0: I really Um, hope that at some point he tricks his dad into saying, gotcha suckers.
1: I don't know, (laughs) but it sounds like um, it has a potential to be interesting if you're curious about that particular family and that um, that relationship. I am
0: curious. Yeah. Yeah, So that was great. As always, you bring so much knowledge to this podcast. Um, I have a couple more details to kind of help paint a picture if it's okay with you. Um, So Robert Downey Jr. became very famous in the 1980s. He was part of what's called the Brat Pack. You know, that was sort of this Mm -hmm. group of actors, Demi Moore, Andrew McCarthy, Rob Lowe, I mean, among other people. Like, they were all kind of famous at the same time. If you were in The Breakfast Club, you were in The Brat Pack. He wasn't in The Breakfast Club, but no matter. He was part of that. And so that's how he kind of gets famous. One of the things that I forgot, because I wasn't watching the show at the time, did you know that he was on Ally McBeal?
1: You know, I did watch Ally McBeal, but I completely forgot
0: that. Well, I mean, you would you would be forgiven for missing him because he was introduced on Ally McBeal, I think, in two thousand, which is sort of at the, at the at his nadir. And and he was fired off the show because he was so unstable. Uh, Everybody loved him. Like yeah. a, according to one report that I read, he was sort of credited for kind of resuscitating the show. So they didn't they didn't want to get rid of him, but they were just like, dude, we can't trust that you're gonna be not in jail when not it's time reliable. to film. So you're yeah. fired. And then they yeah. wrote him out of the show, which is too bad. Like at this time, I'm not, honestly, I'm not even sure how they get him into this movie. I mean, granted he's in the movie for about what? Three minutes of screen time. Yeah. He could
1: have done that in one day. Right.
0: I'm sure he could have, but seriously, I, I guess, let me put it this way. I guess if he had gone sideways again, they probably could have found somebody else to shoot the scene. I'm sure they yeah. could have, but he was at the point, And you hear about this for, with some people. He was at the point where he could not get bonded which means essentially no produ- no insurance company was willing to wow. provide an insurance policy to any movie that Robert Downey Jr. was in because they had no confidence that he would be able to film the movie. Mm. Um, and that's a bad place to be in. There's a couple of other people you could think about who have gotten to that place. And, you know, weirdly enough, the person who is kind of credited with rescuing him from Hollywood purgatory is none other than now canceled Mel Gibson. Huh. Who brought him back and put him in a, who personally paid the bond. So Mel Gibson said, I I will financially guarantee that we can shoot this movie. And he brought him back for a movie called The Singing Detective. Hmm, um, I've
1: never heard and, of that one.
0: And then after that, he, you know, he, his career kind of got resuscitated in the early 2000s with movies like uh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, which I've never seen. Zodiac, which I've never seen, but that's sort of like a big movie. Um, and then he does Iron Man in 2008, and now he's everybody's favorite action hero. Yeah. Um, one of the other interesting things about him before we get back to kind of the action in this minute, like he's been nominated for two Oscars. One of them was in 1992 for the movie Chaplin where he paid Charlie Chaplin. Hmm. Um, this is, that's kind of before things really went into the tank for him. And the other one was in Tropic Thunder, which is that like comedy war movie where where he plays blackface, I think for the whole movie, pretty much. Um, his, I think his character's name is Alpo Chino. Oh. Um, and I'm just pointing that out. So he was nominated for the Oscar for that, which means like he was nominated for two Oscars separated by this, by a 17 year gap. Yeah. Like, I don't know what the record is, but that's gotta be up there. Yeah. Um, and you know, the reason why is like, he really had kind of a lost decade in there, which is too bad.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, you got anything else? Uh, I mean, what do you think? So in, what would you say in general, like, what are your feelings about Robert Downey Jr.? You've seen a bunch of those Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, I like him. Um, I think he's got such a sharp wit to him and delivery that um, he plays really well against Stephen, Mar- Steve Martin here, where they're kind of like, going back and forth with this melded conversation. Um, and so, you know, it's, it kind of feels like they could have ad lib this whole thing. And the two of them could have been going back and forth with just kind of like some basic outlines and really um, played around with the dialogue here and been very yeah. successful.
0: I mean, I don't, I don't think they've ad libbed this dialogue or let me put it this way. I mean, one of the funniest things about this minute is if you listen carefully, pretty much Steve Martin just parrots every single thing that Robert Denny Jr. Says yeah. right after it into his empty car phone. Yeah. And so I, I, I would believe you if you told me that they came up with this dialogue on the day of the set, but I don't think they were ad-libbing it because Steve Martin has sort of some very specific lines he has to say. Mm. Um, But which I think is hilarious. It's like, you know, Robert Danny jr. Is like talking about Kit Ramsey. So that, so then uh, Steve Martin started talking about Kit Ramsey. It's great. Yeah. Um, And then at the end, at the end, he's like literally yelling into the phone.
1: I think it's really funny how they've kind of set up, um, this window booth thing that Steve Martin can kind of lean into, yeah, and like kind of get into um, Robert Downey Jr.'s space, and also this gigantic flower arrangement behind his head.
0: Uh-huh. like Marcy, the horticultural consultant, arrives on the. I scene.
1: don't know. It just it just looks ostentatious, and like they're in a really rich place. Oh, the, 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 um, but the, the, it also. It also made me wonder, like, are they trying to hide something behind him or just kind of fill the scenes so it looks a little bit more lush?
0: It does look, it, it's hilarious that they put Robert Downey Jr.'s head right in the middle of that. It almost yeah. looks like he's wearing a giant crown of flowers.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's weird.
0: It's very bizarre. Um,
1: Especially when, like, when he's talking directly to his other, um, to his table mate. Yeah, like this kind scene, of like,
0: scene here. Like exactly, exactly. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It looks like that, and it's like he's just a flower, a head with a flower. It's It's hilarious.
0: It's hilarious, and I mean, I'll just point it out because this is the first minute where we see it, but it's sort of a running gag. The whole notion of like Bobby Bowfinger will rip a car phone out of a car phone. He'll rip a handset out of a car phone, but not the cord. Yeah. And so we (laughs) we start to we see the cord. Sneak. It's this is like Chekhov's empty phone cord because it doesn't, yeah. the joke doesn't pay off in this minute, but I think it's going to pay off tomorrow.
1: But also, like my other little bit of research, and I did not have a cell phone for a really long time, you know, that um, mm-hmm. was what was a cell phone looking like in 1999? This is and not this, a cell phone. No, but this dude is walking into this fancy restaurant with a car phone with a cord on his head and cell phones in that time were like, um, like the motor, I think of them as like the Motorola kind where it's like this thing is like a five, six inch, like chunky thing that it would be kind of like cool and colorful and rounded and plastic. Um, so (laughs) he makes a very odd impression for sure. It's
0: it's very strange. Are, Are you talking about like, and I don't remember, but it, It is a little bit of a funny coincidence because when you were on speed movie minute, that was also remember that was Dennis Hopper talks on the cell phone. And he actually had one of those kind of brick phones that he had to hold up to his other ear with his bad hand with his good hand. Um, Yeah. Do you. So at this time, which is 1999, which is five years later, I don't know for sure. I think maybe they've gotten to the point where they have flip phones, you know, like where it just kind of opens up like a clamshell phone. Do you think they did that in 1999?
1: That's what I I looked up. Um,
0: okay, I think you're right. Cell phone in
1: 1999. <laughs> cell phone 1999. I mean, I and there's like just like when you found the um, the gun movie database. There's also like uh, yeah. mobile phones by year, mobile wow. phone history, and. Um, you know, when you're looking at 1999, it's Motorola TimePort, uh, Nokia. Yeah. Um, but they well, all kind of look like they have that stubby antenna on the top that was like a one-inch stub of black sticking uh, out the top oh, of Oh,
0: well, some of them have those. Some of them also had the really skinny ones that you got to pull up right before you decided oh. to make a call. And then they would collapse back down again.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. So this is... This is far from, I'm even, I'm surprised that car phones actually existed in 1999. Um, yeah. I think it's fun. like,
1: why didn't they just transition to the cell phones? But it's possible that the, he's borrowing somebody else's car that just kind of has little outdated technology in it.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he's got the Mercedes. So who knows whose yeah. Mercedes that is.
1: I mean, borrowing slash stole for a little bit. Yeah.
0: Um, that's all I got for this minute. You got anything else? Nope. Okay, good. Well, you know what? The nice thing about a 5-day a week podcast is, you know, we just we 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 keep it short and pithy. So, thank you once again for listening to another episode. You can find the Bowfinger Minute podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or at the main site bowfingerminute.com. Please like, subscribe, and review the show on Apple Podcasts. You can find more about the podcast on Facebook at Welcome to Mindhead, the Bowfinger Minute Listener Center, and on Twitter at Bowfinger Minute. So join us here next time on the Bowfinger Minute. And in the meantime, keep it together, keep it together, keep it together. Keep it together, children. I hope that we. Cause there's always